There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh. It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken. Mm. Pico de gallo. Purple cabbage. And new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay. With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hi, I'm Bowen from Las Culturistas. And I'm Matt from Las Culturistas. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from my heart podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. Check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma, I'm gonna set your flag on fire. You're talking about henna, henna, henna. Aiko, aiko, ande. Giacomo, fino, anane. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. Oh boy, am I excited for tonight. Now I mean- Matt, let me stop you right there before we move on. I have to point out something. Every time... Whatever might you point. Here's what I'll point. You, we always say ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. You always get the first word in, bitch. So what you're saying is you want to sideline me right now. I'm going to sideline you because you've encroached on me. All right, Bowen. I'm going to let you have your moment. I'm going to let you have... A moment to shine because I think everyone could have that, and as we all know, I have so many. So, um, so um, go ahead, Bowen, take your space. Well, we've got a great show today. We've got the lovely. Well, before we introduce our guest, let's just yeah. That's catch up. I guess why I take the lead is because I really know how to do this. Oh, oh. up to the name thing. Oh, I wanted to catch up. Like with for you. example, what we might say about this person is you've seen them at the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. You've, you've seen, seen him seen on Conan. Good. Oh, Arbor. This is a disaster. He worked on the new show Problematic <laughs> with Moshe Kasher. You've seen him writing for Billy on the Street, honey. honey. He is in the show that we truly love, Lake Como High, Lake Como which High. will also be um, coming back to the Annoyance Theater this Saturday night September at September 24th 30. at 10.30. Yep, yep, yep. And, um, we're ahead, so, happy, we're so happy to have him. Everyone, give a warm ear welcome 
to Joe Kim Booster. Joe Kim, Joe Kim Booster. First time caller. First time oh, caller. Okay. Uh, what so a rocky excited. road to your intro. We've been, yeah, uh, it's sort of been tough because to watch this happen <laughs> on my first <laughs> To episode. watch the breakdown of Las Culturistas live in yeah. front of your eyes. Uh, Let's just do a headspace check. I'm, I've, I've had a long day. Have you? Yeah. Well, what what have you done today? I know one thing that you did because we did it together. We did it together. We had a rehearsal, and then I, I had a, I had a fun little meeting, and then I had to go to the the Chinese consulate. Oh, oh yeah. my god! This is always a stress. This is my, <laughs> oh my second god. time going, and it was a disaster, a, as big a disaster as the first. Anyway, I I have the wrong paperwork, so I'm just a little oh. addled by that. Um, so that's where I'm at. What about you? Do guys? you need a green card marriage, Bo? I do. I would love to just. Like, you need a Chinese green card, though. Yeah, I'd love to mail. Oh, order. that's what the problem is. Yeah. is you he can't, can't get, get back into in. China. Yeah, I can't get into China, but I would also. How funny! The <laughs> tables have turned. <laughs> I would also love just a green card marriage. Just, I would love to accommodate that for someone else. What was your song, Matt? Green My card song? marriage. But oh, um, I'm gonna get married for a green card because I'm already American. I'm gonna get married for a green card, but I'm already American. I don't need a green card, but I'm getting married anyway for one. I don't need a green card because I'm already American. It goes like that. Bowen, you know, he messed up, you know, several parts of the melody wow. there, but um, this is so crazy. This is so crazy. <laughs> Um, basically I was thinking while you were talking about what one place would I hate to be uh, banned from and it's Universal Studios in Orlando and one time me and my sister smoked a blunt outside the Hard Rock Hotel and we were very paranoid that they would see us Did and you then never allow us to go just back get more Long Island by the second <laughs> that I know you it's like, the only place that we vacation <laughs> oh, Orlando God. I've never been you've never, never, been? never been to Orlando that's unconscionable you know Nicole- I am not a big theme park boy um, <sighs> Joel, Joel. I, the only Disney I've ever been to is Euro Disney oh that's that's a farce I know in the winter times. So so it was like doubly sad. Oh God! Well, listen, I'm about. You enjoy I- Six Flags? No, I don't. You didn't go. I didn't go. Joel and I didn't go. I don't enjoy Six Flags. And then either. I was supposed we had a to great go day and in L.A. to Out on the Mountain, which is Gay Six Flags Night oh. yeah. from six to one a.m. Out like, on the Mountain. Yeah, Oof. and I didn't go. Why I was, not? I don't know. I just like the, I I know I will die on a roller coaster. Yeah, uh, like I'm fully aware that that is <laughs> that's your path. That's how I'm going to go out, and so I'm just like. Pushing it Yes Away Well as someone who Also doesn't like roller coasters And also generally doesn't like Six Flags I do really enjoy Disney And and Universal what? Studios We had the best time I know but you you're know like Filming did. bits and shit like that Yeah like, so that's what we would do when, If we would if we were I to go together yeah, um, I'm gonna go to Shanghai Disney And guys Everyone in the mainland Is freaking out They're saying Don't go Don't go Kids are taking shits In the in the, si- in the streets I heard about this <laughs> Taking shits in the Fucking mainstream USA well, What is that Cause that's what the, In China Like in a lot of the rural areas It's just just like what you do, like they sew, for, <laughs> they sew for little kids like these butt pockets that they can just unbutton in a flap and just like take and like squat in the street and just take it up. Come on, on the rural China. That's it. Um. So yeah, Shanghai Disney is a, just a literal shitstorm. Where would you, Joel Kim Booster, never want to be banned from? Oh God! What would break your heart if they said you can never I return? Could never go again. Um, that's like hard. I don't like a lot of places. Mm. Um, Have you been to Provincetown? Oh, I guess like Fire Island. If you're banned yeah. from Fire Island, if you're banned from <laughs> Chicago, which you wouldn't be, but no, I mean hypothetically. Hypothetically, I love Chicago, but I <gasps> here we go. 
but if I were banned at this point, it would just be like, you're lost, bitch. Oh, <laughs> shots you're fired lost. at no, the city of I, Chicago. Like, truly, Chicago is, is better in many ways than like any other city in the world. Is Chicago your favorite of the big three? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling them the big three. The big three. <laughs> Literally no one else ever um, <laughs> You know, the big three. Houston, Chicago. No, you and know Milwaukee. what? I, you know what my favorite city is? <laughs> is um, San Francisco. Oh, okay. I prefer San Francisco. I but I have never lived there, so it's yes. maybe not a great. Uh, maybe I don't really know San Francisco. Sure. You I haven't had to. that like looking. Um, yeah, I haven't had that looking experience. experience. I went to San Francisco on my bit the whole time I was in San Francisco. I was like, <laughs> "Where's the looking walking tour? <laughs> I want to see all the famous locations." <laughs> and here is the apartment where Jonathan Groff got his asshole licked in the seminal one good episode yeah. of this show. Oh. Here's the here's the woods where they had the bacchanal. Episode. Yeah, the bacchanal. Oh God, the season <laughs> Who could forget the season two opener, honey. The bacchanal. <laughs> No, uh, I like I like um I like the expansiveness of New York a lot more. The here's the thing here's my thing about Chicago is I love my community in Chicago that like my my people in Chicago are amazing and like th- that's what makes a city. Yeah, yeah. Um and it's like much cleaner and yes. the buses are more tenable than in any other city in the world. Like the buses are like fucking luxury in yeah, Chicago. They are. Um but I do find like you can go to Chicago, specifically in the north side of Chicago, and walk around and not see a person of color for an hour. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It is like, it, and it's it's just the segregation of it all, which is like it, I find difficult. Um, Hyper segregation is what some yeah. sociologists call it because it's so specific to Chicago. Yeah, it's so segregated. It is very strange. I mean, and I guess that's like it's such a weird thing though because like I. Like people would be like, nah, well, that's your fault for living on the north side. But if I moved to the south side, they'd be like, you're yeah, gentrifying. Like, go away. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's no way for me to win in that situation. Um, but I think I, I just prefer New York sure. I, as cities go. Yeah. Um, I don't love Los Angeles. You think you think it's trash? No, I don't actually don't think it's trash anymore. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I hated Los Angeles when I first went. I only started going to Los Angeles a year, like basically a year ago. Right, today. It was right. the first time I ever been. Uh-huh. Um, and it is not an easy city to visit. Uh-huh. Whereas, but now I think I've been this year in 2016. I've been every month except for February. I've okay. been in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which would be the best bi-coastal. one to go. Yeah. By coastal. <laughs> um, but and so like now that I'm like there a lot more, it is like oh okay, the city is way easier to live in than New York is because you got your people out there now. Yeah, now I have people out there and friends, and like I know my spots. Like the first time I went to L.A., there, it's just so hard to find like a non-chain to go to. Yeah, <laughs> like you really, yeah. I literally spent like four days in the Barnes and Noble. Uh, like <laughs> in the Grove, uh, that's, that's where I would go in between meetings, and like I was just constantly to everyone. I was like, "Who says LA doesn't have culture? Have you seen the Barnes and Noble at the Grove?" Um, but it is weird because it is actually like quite gorgeous. There's a balcony in the Barnes and Noble at the Grove uh-huh. uh, that overlooks this like mountains. You feel like you're in Greece uh, wow, and you're standing wow, wow. in fucking Barnes and Noble. Uh, that's that's gonna be cool. the first place I go. When you gotta I go, go to the fucking Barnes. You will love it, Long Island. You oh, will well, I'm love sure the I Grove. Will. And look. Uh, um, Any I, nice chain. I still like get wet for Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. My mom says we're going there. I, I still get my... wet for Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> I Quote do Matt indeed. Rogers. But my thing is like now I'm there and like I know like the stupid <laughs> shitty like coffee shops and like that I can go to and hang out. What's at that one coffee like, shop in, in Silver Lake that like 
I, I ran into three different New York people who are all writers in LA now, and it was just such a weird like. Wow, I bragging. saw that I, I'm bragging, and then I saw I saw the guy who plays Jonah and Veep, and I was like, God, this is like I feel like I, I don't belong here. Um, it's, wow. it's by Akbar. It's like close. Oh, to Oh, so that's my like Los Feliz then. It's um oh no just Ak- corrected you no honey Akbar is more silver like Echo Park I have to, oh I have to tell you I actually I have no no vocabulary or knowledge for any of these neighborhoods Truly I know that Silver Lake and Echo Park are a thing that are close together I seriously I'm yeah. panicked so for the for listeners famously. who don't know Bowen and I are going out to Los Angeles and I'm it's just been revealed to me that I'm going to be out there two weeks prior to Bowen. Separation in mid-October anxiety, and I'm truly anxious because I just really wanted a friend to be with me every second of the time and I'm like being such a baby about this like I'll go and I'll be fine you have friends there I know but well you'll just, make camp friends like yeah very yeah, quickly because you're right. doing you're doing did you say that you're doing the CBS diversity showcase we are doing the CBS diversity showcase the diversity that you hear I hear on the podcast is coming to the stage yeah. <laughs> and I'm nervous about it because I basically I, I, we don't know anyone that's going to be in the thing that we're doing but I'm assuming we'll know like some friendly faces but i'm but i'm really more just nervous because as i was walking here you know we're, we record this podcast very nearby to where bon and i went to college to university and it's like i truly feel like i grew up here and it feels like a college mm. 2.0 type thing where i do feel a little anxious about it but i know it'll be fine i have the same anxiety i was talking to someone i have the same anxieties about this as i did and this sounds very silly about college i was like oh I'm leaving this very familiar place. Wow, you just said the same thing that I just know, said. but I'm saying like it's. Oh my god! We're, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> we're both feeling the same way about it, and it's not a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just pictured us getting off the tr- the plane at LAX together, like with a dream and a cardigan, like two hands in the air, like <laughs> walking in the club, like fame excess. That would have been fun, you know. I think I felt that way a lot about moving to New York. Mm, yeah. And I'd already been like a fully realized adult for four years in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I still felt that way in New York. So why the move to New York just to like start, mm, start your career? Yeah. In a more well, here's way? the thing. So I, so I started doing stand up like technically, I guess five years ago or so. Yeah, technically, but I did not know how to do it right. And I was, so I come from a theater background mm-hmm. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I was Famously. acting, I was writing, I was producing, I was doing it all. Honey. <laughs> honey um, he was getting his plays published on the page. Um, yeah, and um, a bookshop may have something. A bookshop with a Joel Kim booster on it. Samuel French. No, just on Amazon though. You can find it. Okay. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I keep yeah, please out. get it right. <laughs> um, but no, it's um. So, and I was just like really frustrated at a certain point because I get called in to be a Chinese food delivery boy. I think like the in 2012 when I'm when I was in the last year I was in Chicago. I got called in five different times across many different mediums, uh, movies, television commercials all of it industrials all uh, of it <laughs> um and i just like it was like such a master of none situation because yeah. i was with the same dudes and i just remember this one guy who i was like yeah but we're just like paying our dues and like you know we play a chinese food delivery boy today and then we get to be stars tomorrow and he was like oh you're <laughs> an idiot um oh n- like oh, man. he's like i've been doing this for 10 years this is where it starts and ends for us like we get to play chinese food delivery boys or like 
you know, the fucking scientists in the crime lab who explain sperm or <laughs> like an IT guy who gets to explain deep web to a detective. He's so, like, those are the three. So did that guy really like give you an epiphany? Well, yeah, no, it definitely did. It was set me first into spiraling into like an existential crisis. Yeah. And then I was like, what do I do? And I was working as a writing assistant on a play at the time called Five Lesbians Eating a Quiche, uh, mm. which has since played off Broadway in okay. the Snapple Theater I Center. I think I've heard of that. I've heard of Snapple it actually. Snapple Theater Center. Snapple Theater Center. It sounds familiar um, to me. But anyways, uh, this comedian Beth Stelling, uh, who yeah. some of you might have heard of, yep. uh, was the lead in that play at the time. And I remember on a break, she was just like, "You should just do stand up. Um, you write and you perform, and like that's truly like stand up. Like half the battle is mm-hmm. just like, being comfortable on stage and yeah. saying nonsense. Um, uh, people are going to be so mad at me for saying that. I well, don't know. I think that, I think that sound wrong to me. That rings but, true. Um, yeah, and I so I did stand up like once that summer, and then didn't do it again for another like three months uh-huh. and then didn't do it again for another five months and then like so that first year that i did stand up it was like i was just bad at it because i was like still like oh i'll be a playwright and like i was like still trying to and it's hard because like in comedy you have to hang out and you like have mm-hmm. to be like yeah. fully immersed in the community and this isn't so weird but like i couldn't do that in chicago because all of my friends were in theater and i was uh-huh. like i just like all the event like everything i wanted to do was so centered around like being with my people and it was so hard for me to spend enough time in the comedy community to not feel like an interloper like it was and like my my comedy career in chicago was so uh, weird because i did not come up in like clubs or doing open mics like i did not know i was supposed to be doing open mics at all Uh um uh and so every time i did stand up i would do i thought you couldn't rehearse or recycle material so i just wrote Uh 10 minutes of new material Mm. every time i went up which was a disaster um but i would do things like i opened uh, this show at Steppenwolf called We Three Liza's, which is <laughs> um, a Christmas carol, but with Liza Minnelli's uh, of Liza of, of present, Liza of future, Liza of past. That's great. Um, it seems like Chicago is in this like weird rut where its plays are all all have numbers and some gay element. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly. I mean, that's why I love Chicago. You're Chicago. in a rut. <laughs> Chicago. You heard it here first. You're in a rut. You're in that's a rut, fired, baby. Um, Bowen just started a feud with yeah, all of with Chicago. The, with the whole city. Podcast. The whole city. Come at me. But no, I. So make long story short, I moved to sh- New York principally because I was like, I want to do stand up. Um, so I just need to hit the reset button and go to a city where I can just do stand up and nobody knows me. And it was like very effective because I moved here with like very few friends and I just did open mics and like stand up comedy bullshit for the first year. Like, and it was awful and like tiring, but here I am. Look where you are maybe now. This is, maybe this is like wild of me to say, but did your friends in Chicago that, cause you were in a more theatrical, I guess, setting and those were your people were more theatrical people. Do you feel that they took themselves a little bit more seriously than you wanted to? No, not at all. They were goofy this, and they were um, like, cause like the storefront scene in Chicago is like so like gritty and like it and like, just like down to earth. Like the, it's just like the best place. Like if I ever uh-huh. were to write another play, I would only want it to go up in Chicago. That's the other thing. Wow. Like, um, uh, theater in New York sucks. Oh, oh it really does. Um, it's, oh, there is. Like, I just think there's like a huge gap between like Broadway, off Broadway, and then like some of the like uh, sort of indie theater I've seen in New York has just been really bad. Really um, bad. Yeah. Just like god awful. Um, and whereas in Chicago, like it's hard to find bad theater. Like mm. there's just so much of it, and like. You know, I did so much storefront, which is like you get paid 15 bucks a show and like, you know, it's all new. And it's just like I never felt the same casting restraints that I felt 
on screen because I was like I played a soldier and a frat guy and like all different like kinds of craziness like yeah, in great. my time I played an autistic accountant on rollerblades that's um, deep you sink your teeth so into that yeah yeah absolutely you go into a favorite place role. for that so in a way it's like New York New was York the perfect so place for you to ditch the whole theater back yeah then because it's like well you don't you wouldn't even want to be involved well in I wouldn't yeah here. and I wouldn't know I actually don't understand how people do theater in New York I mean most of the people I went to theater school most of the people I know who are working in theater who live in New York are working out of town like nobody uh, I know is working oh no it no no like I've so done hard. I've done one play here uh-huh. and it was the, uh, the manager I used to have before the one I have now was sending me out on a lot of theatrical things and it was so god awful and I think the reason why and this is not a slight to anybody but like I think the reason why it's kind of not good and why we're not connecting with it is because Everyone that's like really, a lot of people, most people, this is a generalization, like note that before I say this, but there's a lot of like older people writing the the theater here, like, and they're not really in touch with well, I think the ba- I, well, I, mean, I think it's just like the barrier to entry in New York is so much higher. Yeah, to, to work and to like get in. Like, I started a theater company in Chicago the first year out of school, mm. and it was like easy, <laughs> like not easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy, but like there's just like there, I never felt like oh, I had to like pay my dues before like things started to happen for me in that world. It's just like everyone's doing their own thing. Like, mm, right. there's just so many like backyard theaters that actually produce like such legit work that like you it's insane coming um, out of school it's easier too yeah right. to well, be like sure we're gonna start a theater you're a little hungry yeah. like when totally. we were like we're gonna do our musical sketch comedy group and it's gonna be the only thing we do right out of college like, would not have happened no now. way yeah. well that's the other thing is like uh i don't understand how anybody didn't go to school in the city and then comes out of school and then works in the city it seems insane yeah yeah like I wouldn't I would have if I would have moved to New York after college I would have been swallowed I would have I don't I don't know I'd be like not be doing anything in entertainment or at all probably I mean a lot of people that went to school and at NYU with us aren't doing this anymore either it's it's bizarre it's very interesting I I kind of I feel like I was kind of swallowed alive by New York after graduation because moving the move into Brooklyn and this sounds so like this sounds so weak and so dumb, but like I just it traumatized me. I was like, wait a minute, this is like the real school ending, world. and then you moving to Brooklyn. Me moving to Brooklyn, me like not not finding a job, me pulling my applications for med school out, and then me being like, I guess I have to temp, and I tempt. Oh for my a god, year. you are Hannah Horvath. I'm Hannah. You are Hannah Horvath. Hannah. Oh my god, Lena Dunham really did. She <laughs> she has a finger on the fucking pulse of our generation. She, bitch. she knew what it was to be poor. She knew. I did like. I still do like I girls. like girls I know that's a very uh, contentious thing to say these the days the last season was great the last season was really good I, I mean you can it. you can say that girls is great while also acknowledging that Lena Dunham says like, some dumb says shit some dumb here's dumb my shit. thing though a lot of people criticize girls and they're like oh they're so awful and like Lena doesn't understand that they're awful and I find she that does. to be wrong I think she it's of course like, does no you are fully supposed to hate these yeah, people and yeah. like be annoyed by them they're all like fully and in fact I think that is the problem of why looking didn't work is that looking did not have enough of a handle on when their characters were supposed to be unlikable and when they were supposed to be like 100% time. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. I just didn't see anything in the Jonathan Groff character that I could really relate to. Like Mm. I, I, I guess I understood it, but I remember the first episode I watched, I was being so basic and I was like, Oh my God, I'm him. (laughs) He's me. He's me. Like, what do I do? 
Like, now I can't write my experience because someone did it. Oh, He's me. And then, like, all of a sudden, he was like... He was like 31 on the show, and he's like, wait, what's anal? My throat, I, Dom, who's like maybe the most likable character on that show, doesn't have a personality His or His name character. was Dom. Right. But like literally, if you ask a fan of the show to be like, tell me about Dom, the character, and they're like, he wants to open a restaurant, and he's best friends with Doris, and that's where it ends. Oh. Like, there's nothing beyond was that. Was he the waiter? He, like yeah, he won, yeah, yeah, he won. Yeah, who got with Scott Bakula, who yeah. is my first childhood. Yes, crush. yes, yes. Also, Bakula. can I tell you like what's so annoying about people with looking? Pretending that Doris was the best character. I'm like, get out of here! Like, you've never seen a character like this before. She's yeah. stock. She's yeah. Stock. Like, She's hey, stock. I'm the tough talking best friend. All right, come on. I'm st- I'm a, I'm straight. I'm with these faggots. Like, yeah. I can say faggot because I'm who I am. Yeah, come exactly. on, bitches. Watch Cheers. That's <laughs> Carla. That's fucking. <laughs> that's Carla. Shut. It's Rhea Perlman. It's Rhea Perlman mixed with Grace. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Mixed with Grace. And like, oh God, I feel so shitty, like shitting on the show that like is not even on the air anymore. And just like, (laughs) I haven't even seen the movie yet. Um, But like uh, the fact that they did not have a single Asian gay character on that show that takes place in San Francisco is outrageous because that's where we are, man. Well, (laughs) they had, they had, Andrew Law's character on the show. Who is a gay Asian comedian who is a brilliant gay Asian comedian and they had him play the straight best friend which is so annoying. And he was in like three episodes and I I thought that he'd be on the show more. It was... I was into their rapport. So crazy to me. It was so bizarre. You're right. That Um, was really weird. Because go to San Francisco and try and throw a fucking rock without hitting an Asian person. (laughs) Like, it's... it's You just can't do it. And like, I... It's so weird, and that's the thing. Like, I, you, I don't want diversity for diversity's sake. But if you want to talk mm. about putting a place, putting a show in a in a real setting and uh-huh. having it be grounded, then you can't pick San Francisco. If you want your cast to be Lily White, then right. put it in Ohio. Don't put it in San Francisco. Okay, girl. okay. No, big okay. Time. Put it in Columbus. Let's put Looking in Columbus. Uh, also, <laughs> I remember, I remember when Looking got canceled. There was a, like a bunch of gays that were like on Twitter and Facebook being like, um, not for nothing, but I don't know why we're cheering this. We just lost a show that was about gay men. It was for us, and like it failed, and now they're not going to make shows like it anymore. And it was like, no, because mm. I don't want a gay show on the air just because it's gay and it should succeed yeah, because of that. Thing, and also, we're allowed to criticize it and critique it and want it to be good. Yes. Here is my thing like with people who like looking, and like I kind of see where they're coming from with that because I'm sort of going through the same thing with Finding Prince Charming, which I'll get into. Okay. In a oh, but please. I wish I wish we lived in a landscape where looking was it's it's unfair to looking. It's actually really unfair yeah. to looking that we are all projecting our own wants and needs on this show because it is the it is the only show. Yeah. I wish we lived in a world mm-hmm. where there where looking could just exist and we could all ignore it and it would be fine. Yeah. Because there's so many other options for us. Mm-hmm. Like because like a lot of people who like looking who hate it, the criticism would be like, well don't watch it. And it's like actually though, like if I want to see a gay person on screen this is the only option for me right now. You so I, I can't not watch it. Also, I wish I could find another option. Right. Also too, like probably the closest thing that we have to like someone that's going to fill that kind of romantic comedy lead would be Jonathan. Groff. Yeah, no. And, and yeah. I, you, I really wanted that show to succeed because I love him. I've spoken about this on the show before you I have. love Jonathan but that and show, I think he's so fucking talented yeah and, and that show had all this show. had all like had all the right stars in line like just everything aligned nicely but Leah just, Michelle never cameoed and I will never yeah, forgive it it for just that. sort of was flat for me yeah. it wasn't I don't think it was aggressively bad I just think it was flat and I think because it was the only one like it's fun to like 
to pile on. Yeah. Um, but I, and I do think that like there is a problem when like we are so loud in our criticism sometimes when it does, like it gets a little like we, we got to let gay people exist in television yeah. like in ways, even sometimes we don't like, I don't think that we should not criticize, like, not criticize but sometimes it's like this show shouldn't be on like with finding prince charming i gotta tell you guys it's a not a good show right yeah, it it's a be. fun show though oh my God. So i funny. actually haven't given it even you gotta a, watch it is the silliest it is the silliest stuff and it's so transparent and like they think they're pulling one over on you but it's like so transparent <laughs> it's like trash but it's like trash in the same way the bachelor is trash it's sure. no yeah, different or worse and like it is like uh, there's this like sort of narrative going on on gay twitter where like all these gay men are like i'm homophobic now after watching this show Whoa. like haha like like look at and it's like don't well, let's just like stop congratulating Congrats. ourselves for being above watching this show like we get it like you're better <laughs> than the people on this show mm-hmm. um and like but it's just like oh just enjoy like just yeah. for that yeah, that for kind what of it thing, is that kind of thing it's like you can take it or leave it sure like, it's not hbo it's fucking logo it's not offending like, anybody so it, i don't think it's damaging the community totally but i, I have do a have a lot of problems it. with it. i have a question about it just in terms of like how the game gets played on finding programming and again i have not oh watched even a second of it What's what? What is it about the Bachelor that makes them all interested in him and not each other? So that's that's what it plays with. I think that is all. And here's no, it doesn't. Actually. Well, I mean, in the first they, episode, he like was mingling with all the other. Oh right, bachelors. that was a really fun part. That's it's clever. Like, they didn't reveal who the Bachelor was oh. in the first episode, and like at a certain point in the episode, he steps forward and he's like, "Actually, I am the Bachelor." Um, and, <laughs> and they all put their hands on the, the per- on the face of the person they were talking to. Like, yeah. shut up. <laughs> that was fun. But now, like, they are really trying to like push this narrative like they're all so into Robert (laughs) and not into each other and like there's like weird I mean they're just like they're such characters and like it is this is my thing with Finding Prince Charming that is so interesting though is that like there's no there's very little self-awareness of what the gay community is like because here's the thing let's be real um none of those black guys are going to make it to the end uh, so and but, but meanwhile, like the black guys, I mean, don't, I don't mean to generalize, but like I was watching the clips where they intro each other, uh, they introduce each, uh, themselves, and like they were the only ones who seemed sane. Yeah, <laughs> well, totally. And one of them is like the hottest guy in the house. And then the, also they have like varying body types on the show, which is like I get what they're doing in theory, but yeah. it's so condescending yeah. to to like not to just be like. Yeah, these guys have just as much of a chance with this beautiful, like, model, like, chiseled, yeah. hard rock body guy as these other guys. Like, in the second episode, this, like, little twink, they, like, play a volleyball game to, like, compete to see who goes on a one-on-one date with him. <laughs> um, and this, oh, like, beautiful, shit. like, twinkie boy goes on this perfume date with him. And it's, like, no more obnoxious than anything that's ever happened on The Bachelor sure, or Bachelor. Sure. And then he gets to choose who goes on the next uh, perfume date. What's that? They like choose a scent together. Oh, oh God. God. And then you know, he like gets to go do. back to the house and choose who gets to go on the next one on one date with him. And of course he picks the last bear guy that's standing. He's like, I just know that like you haven't had a chance to like come out of your shell yet with Robert. And I really, I think you deserve the date. And it's like, bitch, Ooh. you yeah. are picking the, like the <laughs> least likely competition in this house. And sure enough, that guy goes home uh, in that episode. <sighs> that because the bachelor spends all the entire date talking about another guy no. with this this like bear dude and it's like and it's like never addressed and it's like i wish if they if they had like a sl- like another layer of like self-awareness about like yeah our gay men like like so 
like into bot like into image and, and image obsessed and yeah. in physique in the same like in the same way that like the bachelor is sure. like it's just like trying to like shoehorn in like like no that dude is gonna go for like a hot porn looking like white dude because that's what happens in the real world and like if we could just accept that i would enjoy the show so much more even though i hate it you i know it's like such a weird conflicting like emotion while watching the show how's totally. lance bass on it super oh smart like the rupaul of the show <laughs> uh. i see being like tell me what's going on i just don't know like how many i am your family here they went through before they landed yeah on lance bass. I, oh boy. probably neil patrick harris wouldn't do oh, it. oh of course he was like uh no thank you <laughs> ricky morton was like no Matthew Bomer was like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, who is. Uh, or they went to Lance Best fucking first. Maybe they did. You know what? Knowing Lando, uh, they probably fucking did. He's bad. I mean, he's bad. He, he brings nothing to the show. Poor guy. I but, think he's actually charisma less. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think there's. No, and did you know this? This is a true fact. Back in the day when Instinct was at their height. They made like Barbies out of NSYNC Like they were like dolls And he was the most popular doll But meanwhile Lance Bass was the least I mean was, I mean, yeah it's a he low bar He was the base he I was, mean friend uh, of the show Guy Branham Like said it best Like Lance Or no it wasn't even Guy Branham Who said I can't believe I'm attributing this guy um, <laughs> But no but like somebody said Like thank god Lance came out as gay Because like if he didn't wh- Like no one where would, would care he, who, be? he would be yeah. Chris Kirkpatrick Actually it might have been Guy Oh my god Take this all out um, <laughs> Well, <laughs> but no, just but say somebody said. Uh, can I? Can I, can't I say, fucking remember. Can I say I? I was in Universal Studios oh one time, God. and <laughs> I saw Joey Fatone with his wife, and his daughter was on his shoulders, and they were walking through this crowd, and no one knew it was him but me. And I'm like, this is surreal. Like we're standing next to one of the biggest pop stars of the last. Two decades, uh-huh. and this is a person that like millions and millions and millions of girls like screamed for, and gays and boys, um, like, and he was just like totally existing. I'm sure he's <laughs> like, and I'm sure, I'm sure he'd rather that. that. Yeah, I'm sure he'd rather that. But I mean, I'm it was sure just he'd funny. like Timberlake's money. Though. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know who really I feel like probably is the most B I T T E R is J C Chazé. Oh, J C. Because he was genuinely talented, and then like and his, hot. His, I think so he was the hottest hot, one. Very attractive. So incredibly hot, and his career just didn't go. He was the Kelly. He was the Kelly to Justin's Beyonce. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah. Kelly Rowland, you could argue, has quite Didn't a career. Didn't JC like yeah. host something though? Like he I was on like he America's had... Next Best Dance Crew. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That was what he hosted. And he um, he was on there with Lil Mama. Love Lil, Lil Mama. Mama, who said things like, "You always, you're you're amazing. You always cease to amaze me. You are the train. <laughs> you are the train <laughs> on the tracks, and you are chugging along." <laughs> What I love about you is you're beautiful. Oh. And I need you to know that. And you dance beautiful. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, my God. Lil Mama. Pow! Okay. Wow. Lil Mama. Lil Mama. I used to get my life to lip, gloss. to lip glosses pop in. Yeah, it's, it's great. I used to sit next to this girl. I, I, I had computer information processing class where they taught us to type <laughs> fast. And they sat me on the other side of the room away from all my friends. And I made friends with this, like... Hispanic girl who was like three years older than Mary. Her name was Jasmine, and she was like she introduced me to two two artists, Lil Mama, and JoJo. Oh, and she said this girl Seminal. is thirteen years old. She changed your life. She should change my life. I often wonder where that girl is. JoJo just had another single come out recently. Yeah, not JoJo. Jasmine. Oh, <laughs> the other diva. 
<laughs> the other diva. Where is Jasmine? Look her find her up. on Facebook. I boo. think her name was Jasmine Rodriguez. I'm not only going to look up Jasmine Rodriguez. I'll probably find quite a few. You got to bleep out her name. You can't be dumb. Yeah. No, I, I want to know. Where are you, Jasmine? Jojo? Where are you, Christmas? When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yeah. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. 
build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas. That's Chime dot com forward slash culturistas chime feels like progress the chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp bank na or stride bank na members fdic spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply out of network atm withdrawal and otc advance fees may apply terms and conditions apply go to chime.com slash disclosures for details dojo made me real self-conscious when she blew up because i was like this is a girl who's my age who's so famous yeah <laughs> why am i not famous <laughs> like, you want to really be a doctor at that point uh well at that point i was like oh i just saw the high school production of Hello Dolly. I want to be a musical theater star. Be a musical star. theater yeah. star. Sudi Green famously has revealed that when she first saw Taylor Swift, she said, "Oh my God, it's the new JoJo." <laughs> <laughs> this is years ago. It's the new. Oh my JoJo. God, it's the new JoJo in every way. I, how many times do you think Faith Hill <laughs> took Taylor Swift aside and was like? Don't cross over, girl. It's not going to go well uh, for you. <laughs> and Taylor was like, thanks, Faith. Yo, she's one thanks, that fell right bitch. off Faith Hill. Oh, there was Faith Hill, and then there was Carrie Underwood, and mm. then there was Taylor mm. Swift, mm. and there's always been Martina McBride. Well, and of course... The cockroach of country. Shania. And yes, Shania. Yes, Shania. And Miranda. So, Shania famously, who was in the first Divas concert yes! ever. Yes. Which, in hindsight, looks just like so... <laughs> outrageous like what are you oh, doing there Shania? let me tell you sometimes Sudi and i will just get s- totally stoned and watch the 1997 divas live wherein the entire crowd is sopping with sweat fanning themselves with their programs because aretha franklin famously said the ac will not go on <laughs> she's she said this is a night about me the queen of soul and there will be no air conditioning. I don't care what anyone says. It's bad for your voice. It's bad for your voice. It and drives she would me not right perform. out. Bowen, what sorts of parts did you get in high school? Oh, here we go. Speaking of fucking typecasting, uh, as you were talking about earlier, uh, I, I got like the like the comedic roles, which was fun. But then my scene. Okay, so here's a whole saga for you guys. There was the dance teacher who would come in every year to direct the huge musical uh, show each year. Meanwhile, the drama teacher would direct like the, the regular plays. Uh, and she was just no nonsense, very strict. Like, And I admired that at first. I was like, great, I love I love her. I'll just say her name, Miss Wood. I love Miss Wood. She's so, like, she's there, she's there to work. She wants to, like, make us better performers. I love her. So freshman year, we do Once Upon a Mattress. And my first audition like in any kind of setting and like they give you the sheet like with the form that says um here are the here are the roles um uh, check anything that check any roles that you will not accept and then meanwhile next to each role there was also like a line for understudy like a box for understudy so i was just like oh well I guess it'd be bad to be an understudy. I guess I want to like show that like I want to really be involved. So I checked. <laughs> I will not. Will accept not accept the role understudy, understudy all the way down the form. And then Miss Wood had to pull. Like after my audition, she was, she pulled me aside. She was like, "Hi, that was really good, Bowen. Um, okay, so you're a freshman." I go, "Yep." She goes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, "Oh so man, just um, just so you know, um, you know, th- normally, normally you you would you would, and this is your first show. You would sort of have to like open yourself up to like a chorus part or whatever, and this and this and this and." 
I just felt so embarrassed. And then she really just, and I apologized profusely. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to seem like I'm, I only want the lead roles. And so she <laughs> sort of carried with her this, this, this image of me where I was just this huge diva who would not <laughs> accept and then, like, and then, meanwhile, I would diligently. I was diligently. Little did she know she was dead, dead on. on. Dead on. Shut bitch. up. She nailed you to the wall. <laughs> she didn't know who the fuck she was Listen, talking to. She, that Miss Wood. She clocked you early. Yeah. It keeps going because here, here's what happens. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it I'm followed a, you year after year. It followed me year after year. So, uh, fresh freshman year was Once Upon a Mattress was a chorus member. Just put in the work. Did a great job. Put in the work. <laughs> I put in the work. I stacked he the He really carved out a space for himself. <laughs> Planted the seed, honey. And then sophomore year was Crazy Free, which was a jukebox musical of Gershwin songs. Yes. Got a I sm- played a cowboy in that. You played a cowboy, so you know Wyatt. it. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm biding my time. Wyatt, what sing. a hot name. Yeah, I know. It's right? a good play. I th- it's yeah. a good musical. It's pretty solid. Um, And, and so I think I wow. got like some small speaking part. It was fun. And junior year was when things really, there was a huge fallout. Um, We were doing Barnum. Which just, what a bullshit musical. And then... Uh, Barnum. Barnum. And then, like, I was just really busy with my uh, academic ba- baccalaureate program called the International Baccalaureate Program, oh which God. kicks into gear junior year. Had a lot of... Had, like, a thousand-page paper to write every week. And for a high schooler, that's, like, traumatic. And so um, it was really spread thin. And then Miss Wood thought that I wasn't committing enough time to the musical. So she asked me to leave the show. Which I I'm still I still think is like actually traumatic today. I think about that, and then it was a really bad falling out. Like she had this really long conversation. She sat me down in her office and was like, "This I, I don't. Oh my I, god, I don't see what a, place. a horrible bitch. She's like, I, ex- I, that's no, how I feel like about she her. is like so full of power in this exactly. situation. Like, yeah. Meanwhile, she's like, if you don't, co- if you're not committed to the fucking high school play, and now you're academics, you gotta get out. What the hell? So this huge falling out. And meanwhile, my choir teacher, Mr. Grant, was always like a champion for me. Loved the, loved the guy still. Um, and then uh, was like you, you know what? I think I think this story will end well for both of you. And so senior year, he really pushed for me to like make amends, which the onus wasn't necessarily on me, a mm-hmm. fucking seventeen-year-old to yep. go, oh, go up to an adult and be like, "Hi, um, I guess I was I was out of line this way," and like, uh, it's totally inappropriate. So anyway, like we made up and like we had a long conversation senior year, and then senior year was anything goes. And guess what the bitch casts oh, me as? My God, that's vindictive. The Chinese yellow face stowaway. That is so vindictive. And was there another Asian person? And there was another Asian person who played it with me, this really sweet girl. Um, I forget her name, but she was great. And she was just like, she did not have any interest in musical theater. She was just in the choir. She was in the top choir. She was otherwise like a really good student in IB with me. And she was just like, yeah, I'll do it. And was really chill the whole time. And like, didn't think anything of like this horrific typecast it was your time bitch it was your time it was for my a principal role and never got it and miss wood and like i read the artist's way and like in that book the author tells you to really think about the people who've, tra- who've traumatized you creatively mm-hmm. and i was like first one first person i thought of miss yeah. wood so yeah. uh yeah that's oh i've never really shared that with anybody that's great that's anyway great my high school uh there was nary a one Asian person in my school and that did not stop them from doing Anna I mean the king and I oh and Oof. let me tell you all my girlfriends that did the play were all in the Uncle Tom's Cabin sequence oh. which was in the show like just like doubly layers upon layers it, like oh. let me tell you and how much eyeliner was used in this production oh, too God. much like li- like yellow face doing black face it Taped was insane back. 
And also, guess what, bitch? My eyes are huge. <laughs> you tweeted today. Joel tweeted this today. I loved I it. I said because I'm just tired of I. Yeah, yeah. You do have big eyes. Thank you. Yeah. We also did the whiz. Oh my god! What is wrong and with like Islip literally, Islip High School, and the superintendent at the time was like, you know, we just we can't do anything inappropriate. We're not we're not doing grease. <laughs> he he wouldn't allow he wouldn't allow <laughs> anything with any sort of sexual references, but he would allow us to. Oh, that's rich. Stomp all over I any think, idea. I think of the whiz is at least a little race. bit more defensible than. The king and I. I guess. I guess. It's not as it's not as explicit. Like it is of that culture, but it is not explicit. Well, there's an imperialist. It exists because it was the hip hop Wizard of Oz. I mean, that was obviously right. Yeah, yeah, it's like I don't think in black culture. I'm not defending right. Of course, no. But I think like doing the king and I with an all white cast is like pretty explicitly racist while right. doing the whiz with an all white cast is pretty implicitly, implicitly <laughs> racist. Oh, that's uh, good. That's good. I think in all fairness, the ki- the guy that played the king was like Filipino. So, 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 like, like some sort of like <laughs> tread lightly. And cause you started this out with in all fairness. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm just going to hit, hit the brakes on this one. Then. That's okay. Wait, cause Joel. he wasn't white. He wasn't white. The kid that, okay. And he, I don't know. I, I didn't dig into his racial background because like, like the rest of my town, we just didn't think about it. I remember thinking in the back of my mind, like, is it weird that we're doing this? Like, I don't know. I guess it, it's better than us doing something with like, pussy wagon in a song oh, you know what boy. i mean like and then the year after i graduated they did do grease because we got a new superintendent but that's long island <laughs> that's, that's long, long island. island it's funny that the superintendent would have that's such an artistic island. say in yeah the superintendent was like just so you know you are not 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 doing anything racy uh-huh. as the musical that's interesting joel what were your high school plays? oh so uh sophomore year i went to this like church School that was like basically being homeschooled. That's right. Like a oh, because yes, you were homeschooled. Yeah. Yes, but we did a musical. We did Music Man, first ever, first ever musical. Tommy Jealous, bitch. Wait, is that good? I've never the seen second it. male lead. Oh, well, not, I mean, not, like I guess no, the young ingenue lead. Oh, good, like, good, he, good. even better. He's in love with the mayor's daughter. He's the Romeo. Oh, he's, uh, uh-huh. oh and also that year we did Much Ado About Nothing, and I played like the old man. That's fine. The dad. Not terrible. Um, then in public school, junior year, uh, I was uh, uh, the dad in Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, um, and you get to sing the Ed Birdie Sullivan too. show. Which is where, no, fuck Ed Sullivan. Kids. Kids is, is a great at. song. And I will never forget, like, that was a formative moment for me doing Kids is because I got a fucking standing ovation <gasps> at the end of Kids. And I will, ne- I mean, that was when I was like, oh my God, I have to do this for the rest you of my life. You were like, huge. I'm um, a star. I was like, oh my God, I'm a star. And it was really the first moment too where I was like, I'm not a great singer, but <laughs> singer? I... I may not be no singer. I may not be no singer. singer. I may not be Girl. no damn seamstress. <laughs> but, but I'm a fierce queen. But... <laughs> Always but yes, forever. exactly. And like <laughs> I acted the shit out of that song, Good. you know, and uh, that was great. And then senior year, I was also doing this uh, program outside of school called Only a Stage. Mm. Um, and it was Only once like in the Chicago suburbs, like well known as one of the best like theater training <gasps> programs. Okay. It, but then uh, my senior year, it really fell into like just like no one stopped going. Margot was like a very difficult woman who. Uh, Margot. She, R.I.P. She's she's passed away, but she is, was amazing. 
she was amazing, but she was like a theater person who like ran a business, which is usually not like not, uh, the easiest thing. Yeah, no, that's hard. Um, so my senior year, like uh, they were doing Little Shop of Horrors and maybe five guys auditioned, but I got to oh. be Seymour. Because yeah. So, and it was that's honestly so the good. best, the best thing. Oh, good. The best good, thing. Good. I didn't great. do any of the plays. I was too scared. Oh. I was too scared. Everyone would think or find out that I was gay. I didn't oh. do any of the musicals. Wait, I, really? No, I didn't act at all until I was in college. That's and, and, and I, you could have had a real high school musical moment. But you, I really, I really, I would sit there and I would be jumping out of my skin because I'd want to do it so bad. Oh. And I remember they were all, we did Bye Bye Rudy and they were like, why don't you audition for Conrad? Like, you'd be so you good. Yeah, you you would have be. been a great Conrad. And I was just like, no, I don't did know. Did you like, sing in a choir? Didn't sing at all. Didn't I sing can't at all believe that. I, I really, wow. It's all yeah. it's all like raw natural talent for me. You missed you missed so much. <laughs> I would have loved to have done that. It's just like I said, it's and I'm not saying it's harder here than it is everywhere else. Like, but it's really hard on Long Island to step out of a box. No, I mean, like I it, it's small town Long Island. There was 270 kids in my graduating class, and like everyone knew each other enough to generalize. You know what I mean? Oh my god! So here's a pro tip from me to everyone listening: is look up the Jimmy Awards um, on Jimmy YouTube. Awards. Yes, I've Joel, showed you. Joel oh, showed me the high school, high school musical, musical awards, right? Like, and they take it very seriously. It's in the Northeast, and like they get stars to come out and host it. Zachary Levi hosted the wow. 2016 Jimmy Awards, and it is it is my like go to gay YouTube party. Like, all right, find. I'm gonna do that tonight. It's I pretty think. good. Like, oh yeah, they're great. The I girls especially. The girls too. are outstanding, and it's so just to describe it so there's like they're all nominated for performance and they put them in these groups and there's like three groups of girls three groups of boys and they put them in a lineup and they're like they introduce them all and they're like Genevieve so-and-so from this high school as Belle in Beauty and the Beast and then inevitably every high school does the same fucking musical so there's like three (laughs) Bells in the same group and they all sing the same like different cuts of the same song and it's like all choreographed and like every girl who's nominated like is connect it's so bizarre and wonderful and every guy like the guys are a real mixed bag and there's like always like two guys that you're like oh you are you broke your knee playing football and you were like I'll just do the musical as a lark and that's now you've fine. been nominated <laughs> for a Jimmy award oh what that's not that's that's not good for kids that age ego though oh my god yeah. to be nominated for a Jimmy I think Jasmine Sullivan was did something like that another Jasmine you ever seen no Jasmine Sullivan oh, the singer from the Wiz thing. oh I don't even right? okay, yeah. no 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 like she sang the famously like Saying was it ja- am I talking about Jasmine Sullivan? Or am I talking about someone else? Famous R and B singer. I think it is Jasmine Sullivan. She did like, what's that song? As long as he needs me. Where is that from? I have no idea. But that was beautiful. It was really good. I didn't sing until so the, I the was point thirty. Is, don't peak early. Yeah. Um, That's what. Who said that? Who said that? Don't be successful early. Oh, fucking Sarah Paulson just Sarah said that after Paulson her Emmy. Oh, okay. Wait. So while we're existing in this world of the past. Joel, we have to ask you, um, what's the culture that shaped Joel Kim Booster, young Jolie? When did you decide that, cult- decide that culture was for you? Wow. <laughs> that is a tough question. I'm going to say um, I really got keyed into culture at a young age. Watched a lot of television mm. early on. Fave um, shows included. Power Rangers. Okay. Yeah. Spider-Man cartoon. <gasps> yes. Batman the Animated Adventure. Living in the living in the animated and the violent. Yeah, <laughs> living in the animated and the violent. That's uh, that's I think honestly comic books were like the earliest thing that like shaped my like cultural Yes. L- comic culture. Points. You've got a depth comic of knowledge culture. with 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 comics. I own thousands. Do you really? Yeah. They're all Oh, I didn't know. 
know that. I don't. I'm not as much. I don't buy. I'm not as like up to date as I once was. But you can toss but. off like trivia. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Can we talk about Spider-Man the animated series when we were growing up? Oh, I thought it was best. it was great and it was like a soap opera. It was a soap opera, and then the way Peter Parker was animated, he was so hot. Oh yeah. They're. Oh, all, I mean, aren't they always hot? But like the cartoon. I'm. Mean, this sounds so crazy hentai bullshit, but cartoon. <laughs> Peter, cartoon Peter Parker was the sex. When I would Peter masturbate Parker. growing up, I thought that if I was masturbating to cartoons, it wasn't wrong. Ooh, so I did a lot of. That's I did a lot really of good gay logic. Batman. <laughs> I did a lot of Spider Man. I did a lot of Archie. I, I own a lot Archie. of Archie comics. So I would look for the uh, issues in my backlog of Archie comics where they were at the beach because for whatever reason yes. Archie was always in a speedo. Always, and I found that to be very erotic. Reggie was the hottest. Reggie was the hottest, and Jughead. Was I loved like Moose. Hot in his own way. Moose was. Hot. Moose was yeah. Did you guys ever play um, the snowboarding video game SSX? Oh my god! I mean, oh I know god. of it. I don't know if I. I was, used like, to that. pull it to uh, this oh. character. Huh? I used to pull and tug and jerk and plug myself to um, this character Simon. P-S-Y-M-O-N. He was like this ripped shirtless guy on, yeah. a, on a snowboard, and I would just be tugging and tugging. Oh. Google that. And bitch. I would always play as Elise, who wore a high pony. Oh, always, always female characters. Always hey, female oh, you characters. must. I was always, always except uh, during Mario games. Kart, I was never Peach because, like, I have so many. Oh, I, was, pro- I have so many problems with Peach. I was always Toad. I um, love Peach. Peach is the best acceleration, along mm-hmm. with Yoshi. And I always felt very queer. Yeah. As Peach. Best yeah. friends. I, 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 think, I think the reason that I did choose female characters in fighting games and whatever avatar that I could choose was because Sonya. I felt. They were f- underrepresented. Mm. I yes. felt underrepresented. Yep, and absolutely. So you identified, identified with them, yeah. especially oh, in Asian. Time. Well, for me at least, especially going to like Asian households, and like parents are eating dinner. Let's have the kids play video games. Like it was just this masculine energy of Asian guys, of Asian boys being like, hey, "We have to be the boy." I mean, like I, that's not culturally exclusive to us, but like, yeah, like it's rampant. In 007 Goldeneye, the like first person shooter that was everywhere, I always mm-hmm. uh, played as Natalia. Yeah. Yeah. I was Xenia. Uh, Xenia. You're more of a Xenia. I'm, I'm more, more of a Zenia. Natalia. Mm-hmm. Because Jill could kill you with a squeeze of a thigh. Starring Janssen. Famke Janssen. Janssen. Sorry. Famke, I did not know it was Janssen until this Famke moment. Janssen. Famke Janssen. She was an early celebrity beard for me as well. Oh. <gasps> Mine was Alicia Silverstone. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll talk. To, I'll, I'll do this off the air. But Why? She was, she was at SNL with Nick Jonas. I think she who? Never mind. We just let's cut this. Famke Janssen. I think Famke Janssen was there, like, to see Nick Jonas. And oh, think, and fuck Nick Jonas. And, and fu- do not cut this out. Do not cut. Okay, this wait. Out. Okay, never her. mind. We're not cutting this out. Famke Janssen uh, was at SNL when Nick Jonas was the musical guest, and she was waiting in the stairwell with us to, for us to go into the musical. Oh my space. god! I Did I see her? I can't remember this. No, this was when Anna and I went together. Oh, when you guys went. Oh my god! I fucking love Nick Jonas. So Anna Dresden and I went to SNL. Uh, guest <laughs> of Sue Green. Big Jonas. Oh man, me neither. Um, Jonas. But like he was there, and and Famke Janssen was in the stairwell with us, just like two. I mean, two I'm sure us. lots of women are lining up to fucking. Sure. No, and this is a Kate funny Hudson. thing about like talking about celebrities that way is because I'm like, mm-hmm, the Jonas Brothers not for me. Meanwhile, like if any of them were standing in front of me right now, I'd drop my pants immediately. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, not maybe the not maybe Kevin. I don't even know. I can't tell anyone. You don't want to <laughs> fuck Kevin. Yeah. Who is Kevin? Oh, the older he's one. He's like the dumpier older one. Curly hair. Who honestly is probably fine. He's, he probably looks great. <laughs> There's these photos of. We'd be lucky to have any of them. 
We'd be like, there, there's these photos of like Nick Jonas playing baseball. <laughs> man, oh man. <gasps> Wait, this been he's me- meant to wear baseball pants. Sure. Some sure. people have a destiny. That's his true. is to wear baseball pants. The- I don't know how he play. I don't know how his game is. This sort of tangentially he brings should be me wearing to a the point. Pants. I was thinking about this when you were talking about Finding Prince Charming. First of all, sucks that they're like just for diversity's sake, including like different body types and different different uh, races. But one show, one dating show that was really diverse and like truly diverse and like it it made it a better show was I Love New York. Yeah. Was the, the men were all diverse and like it didn't really affect her decision of who she liked because like second season she liked that that dumpy white guy. But anyway. I, that's actually kind of true of Flavor of Love too. Okay, yeah, I mean, sure. there was a, a, a much more diverse like sort of set of women and the kinds of women that were i mean yeah. both of these shows are like so so problematic outrageous yeah and like <laughs> like in another reality like i'm not even sure you can call it reality sh- television anymore <laughs> no um because it's just so out there but oh god god um I, somebody said to me t- yesterday that Alyssa edwards is as is like the first prolific reality star that we have had since, since tiffany new, since new york, york. Hollard. <laughs> and i, I was like that. honestly I do too. I, I do too. That. But do you think we'll see uh, uh, Alyssa with her own reality show? Yes. Yes. I think Logo would be on it. Remiss. S- remiss. But here's the thing. After, after the reaction to Alyssa this season, mm-hmm, specifically, because mm-hmm. like Alyssa became a thing after her season. Yeah. I've come to find. Yep. yep she yep. was not the Alyssa we know on her season. She's no. not self-aware on her season. Do you know what I just listened to today? Um, Michelle and Rue, uh, they interviewed Nicole Scherzinger on oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And it was like fine. But their interview with Alyssa, I listened to like two or three times now. It's so good. She is And she, I think there's something about Alyssa Edwards that like even puts her like beyond Alaska to me. A little bit, yeah. Like how much, and so let's let's chat about RuPaul's Drag Race a little bit. And mind you, check out Joel, his reviews on Vulture. Yes, great recaps. He does a great job recapping and he has seen... The episode of this week. I have seen the revenge of the queens, okay. and, and is, I can't and go tell ahead. you more than just it is. I mean, you'll be listening to this. I'm assuming people will be listening to this after the episodes come no, out. No, no, no. This will be out tomorrow. Oh, so this will be in the okay. Lead up. Well, I mean, no spoilers, obviously, but it is the greatest episode of the show so far. Oh like, my, oh my god. god! It's like can't. it's really hard to like top the ending of of last week's episode with them in the mirror, yeah, which, which was is iconic. I mean, yeah, just like an incredible way to end the episode. And then you're like, how are they going to top this? And the content of the first three minutes is just so great and like everything you want the show to be i'm i'm literally thinking about pushing a trip back so i can watch it in a gay bar because i just need to hear the shrieks of gay men throughout the episode because like tomorrow yeah because (gasps) throughout the episode it's just like so uh, it's so good it's just like such uh, good reality television and like every every moment of it is like everything you want we're gonna watch it right after yeah um, okay, well, should we talk about Drag Race? I just want to make a point, and this was this was the Nick Jonas thing, really quickly. And go, we go, talk go. About, this this is what Guy Branham said, and Guy Branham actually did say this. Um, was that, uh, and he might have cribbed this from someone else, uh, like another thought leader, but <laughs> 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 but uh, gay man, gay man don't want to see someone on stage or on TV unless yeah, he, unless unless he's a drag guy. queen or um, just like a porn star, basically. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. This is really real, and I sometimes catch myself doing this where it's like as gay men like as a group or as like a pack Mm -hmm. we are so quick to like hoist the women up 
Like we all are in like our Lady Gaga camp or our like, you know, Beyonce camp or Katy Perry. And like we want to <laughs> idolize all these people. Or Ariana Grande nowadays, it feels like. And <laughs> that's saying they're a little passive aggressive. I'm, no, <laughs> but like I'm just saying she's kind of gotten to that yeah. point. Yeah, I no, for so. sure. I, um, I love her. I love Desi- Ariana. Like, yeah, deserve it. And it's just funny because like we don't do that for gay men. Well, ever. and in Mateo fact, Lane it, says this in, on stage and he makes a good yeah. point that we were so quick to be done with Sam Smith. Well, and I get why Sam Smith is not my favorite person either, mm-hmm. but we are forgiving of every other like female pop star. But yeah. Sam Smith says one dumb thing at the Oscars and we're like, burn him. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. It's that's true. true. And also like, would we, would we like these gay men that are on RuPaul's Drag Race as much if they weren't dressing up like women? And, yeah. and you know what I mean? We talk about them like they're women and that's why we love them so much. Like, would we love Justin Johnson as much as Alyssa Edwards? I, I don't think know. So. I think so. And I think we might find out because I think the reality show is going to be beyond belief. I think it's going to be about Justin and his dance studio. I don't think we're going to see Alyssa Edwards. Which I would love to see because he seems to really care for the kids. There are moments, especially in this episode, where they're they're out of drag for a lot of this, this episode. It feels oh. like not a lot. Not not the majority. Not any more than in a regular episode probably. But there are a lot of moments with Alyssa out of drag. And I think you get a good sense of them out of drag too. And it's like fun. And yeah. like, I like Justin. Yeah. I like Justin Johnson. Um, I, I, you know what I really liked um, in the episode where in the last episode where Fifi's kind of coming or Jeremy is kind of coming for Alyssa Justin saying you switched it up. And she's like, no, I didn't switch anything up. Let's choose our words wisely. And Love I was it. like, great. Oh, absolutely. Just get ready for the, oh, <laughs> for all of it. Because Nicole Silverberg last step on, on this podcast said they are building up the edit for an Alyssa versus Fifi blowout. Um, I don't know yeah. if that, I don't know if that comes to okay. All right. Um, well, well, and Loco actually did something interesting this last week with this episode too, and I wonder if it was, was to appease Fifi in some way. Is I don't know if you noticed this or where you watched this, uh-huh. but they cut out on the Logo website the deliberation, the, like the backstage, Whoa. like um, uh, like yes, they did part. do that. There was and like and because I mean Fifi was being a monster, was being pretty bad. Um, yeah. Like just being monstrous backstage, and yeah. they and like I don't people, want to talk to anyone. I don't need to. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. Which was truly like insane. And they're not. And I'll say this because this was this was something that I realized watching this episode. But it's based on comments that she made at the end of last episode where she was talking about Alyssa. Yeah. And she was like, I was just tired when she was like justifying sending like choosing Alyssa as well, even though she. We all forget, and it's actually in this episode you oh, you keep forgetting that Alaska, that Alaska was actually <laughs> yeah. the one who sent it. Her own, but like uh, she's like saying like I was tired of the judges like allowing her to get away with wearing shit and then and just being like oh but it's Alyssa so it's fine and it's like bitch weren't you the one who's like we should listen to the judges yes. they're the professionals etc 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 so it's like you can't have it both ways you can't be like I'm done listening to the judges and right. the, of fawning over Alyssa yeah. and also be like um, we, we go based I on have the to say I don't think there is anything wrong with the way that Alyssa was thinking when she made her elimination. No, because she, I absolutely would be thinking, okay, throughout the competition, this person has consistently been in the bottom. This person has not. This person has been winning challenges. Um, or And so I see it the way I see it, and therefore this person is stronger, and I'm going to keep them in. Yeah. She made the and decision you know, that any reality show judge would have made. Absolutely. absolutely. And you also know, you know that Fifi is just panicked because she knows that she's... yeah. Oh, this 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 meltdown is bad. It's hard to watch. Oh yeah, it it really has. To, th- and this episode is actually like a really great 
sort of reflection, like a metaphor almost for her entire social media presence. Oh. And, and mind you, I don't know who gets kicked off. Logo yeah, is not kind ask. enough. Logo is not kind enough to send us the last minute of the episode. So I have no idea who gets kicked off until uh, tomorrow morning when I get to call a logo producer. And, <laughs> wow. And, and so what? So. In terms of this recap that you're writing, so you would you can't even write it. No, I can't. Uh, to be to be completely honest, I have a mole in Viacom that I usually ask who get, they get the full cuts, mm. and I ask. But that mole is currently on vacation. In I Iceland. know, I know which mole you're talking. Yeah, about. and uh, oh, I 100 percent know. Yeah, the mole. I and know so the mole is. she like gives me like a very a succinct like play by play, and like thank God because like Logo would only tell you who gets kicked off last week, and if you only knew who got kicked off last week and didn't know about, how would you write that whole yeah, comprehensive how, recap? From, no. For because you'd have, you'd, have to, you'd, have to, you'd have to book an appointment with the therapist. No. That mole is that mole has apologized to me. She's been like, "Yeah, I'm sorry," and I'm like, "No, like use it, like please." I would take full advantage. Of oh, those I I cuts. I literally was finding uh, trying to find a way to ask Joel in the elevator, like, so how do I, you know, get get to, to the see, mole? I mean, what what does the boy have to do? Um, to in get an enclosed your tapes, space, Joel. Like it's like it's no fun though when you get to watch it alone. I know. And, uh, without the ending, I know. <laughs> like, it's no fun watching. I it not screamed live. twice, and it's like oh, no, no fun to shriek when there aren't other gamers <laughs> shrieking <laughs> along with you. Although like, I don't love, I don't love watching them in a gay bar. I, I do. I, I find, you know, oh, no. so I watched almost the entire series leading up to season eight with. I love her. Mm. Um, and so like that was my experience, like watching the the backlog of seasons that I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. And then I was like very sad not to be watching with a lover. Yes, um, a lover. But then you watched eight. with us. But then I watched at gay bars all of season eight and I would not have, like that's the way to watch. It was really fun. Like, I think it really is such well, a communal, like fun experience watching. It my reality is I watch every episode three or four times anyway. I'll probably do one at the gay bar. Henry and I will watch it together once. I'll watch it together. I watch it by myself one time. And then also, I don't know if you guys do this, but do you go through Logo TV and like the videos and watch all the extras? I watch some of the extras. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. I love done the extras. And yet, did you see? To. Did you see? Um, so after Fifi had her like explode, so apparently this is some tea. Um, Fifi was hosting a show in Chicago. A show in Chicago t- at, at Roscoe's. Mm-hmm. At, yeah, at Roscoe's. And after during a commercial break, she got on stage and was like, I just want to say this is bullshit. This edit is out of control. They did not show Alyssa's true critiques. Um, Jeremy Scott was cruel towards Alyssa and did not have anything nice to say about her outfit. In fact, the comment, the positive comment that they showed you that Jeremy Scott allegedly said towards Alyssa was said to Ginger Minge, and he was like, I swear this is what happened. And so Logo put up on the website, Alyssa, full critiques, Jeremy Scott. Yep. So it was a direct, so what you're saying about them taking out that segment might be right. It was a direct response to something that Fifi said at a nightclub. Yeah. So And also Rue's tweets. So they're yeah. really paying attention. Yeah. And they, they do care. Well, because she's not going to the reunion, which I find very hard to believe that there is not a single thing in her contract yeah. Yeah. that is not like compelling her to go it's to that fucking reunion. reunion. But what would happen? Like, would she get sued if she doesn't go? Yeah, which is would be a terrible works? look for a logo. Like, the, I've been in that position before where it's like, oh, what are they going to do? They're going to, like, Fifi is not 
not enough of a, a celebrity or no. a star for them to be able to sue her without it being a terrible look for yeah. Logo. It's like punching like, down way yeah, too much. And yeah. it's like that would just be playing into her hands because then she could play the victim even more. We'll go to her Twitter feed and look at her fans. And it is outrageous. It's so wild to me that she has so many defenders and fans. And she just does nothing but retweet them all day. It's like a Trump. And thing, yeah. yeah. And it's like, She's are you watching obsessed. the same show that I'm watching right now? Because they're all like, yes, queen, like you are like, you're such a good hearted person. And that shows on the show. And it's like, where? No way. Well, I think people truly want to want to blame the edit. But like, again, like we've said a million times, like, you can't blame the edit when the words are coming out of your mouth. You're providing the material. Listen, and it wouldn't fit so seamlessly into the edit if you didn't allow them to have that. And also, you should know better. I think, if anything, she should be disappointed in herself because she got got again. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think this is the thing with Fifi that I think becomes especially clear in this episode is that she is so concerned with with the optics of it that she loses like she's like she loses it entirely yeah. like i think she is like oh, no. the other queens say like she's constantly talking about her edit in while they were filming and i think like her way of trying to come off looking better actually just didn't work for her at all work no, in her favor at all yeah. it just made her seem like petty and desperate. weird and desperate and i think like they've and like other queens have said it like on the show and online like if she would just own this like no, the thing that is the that is I think driving people up a wall is that like she's blaming the edit and trying to play the victim, and it's like bitch, if you're being a bitch, just be just a be bitch. a bitch. And like we love Willem, people love Willem, yes. and he was one of the biggest bitches on that show. Yeah, but it was great. But like everyone loved him because he owned it, yeah. and like it's sort of like you can't. And we've like, forgiven Roxy. Who uh, might have been worse. Might have been worse on her season. And I realized halfway through this episode, I was like, I actually think Roxy has redeemed herself. In yeah. A oh, she's yeah. the only one who's really redeemed. Like, she's redeemed. Just, redeemed. Like, she's, and it's because she's, she's the only one sort of who's like, redeemed. <laughs> she had got her redemption. <laughs> okay. Roxy Andrews redeemed after all. Okay. <laughs> redeemed. That's a podcast. Um, well, I did want to, so the theme of this episode was going to be New York, New York versus versus LA, LA. the first ever debate debate. So we're going to do a, we're going to do a very special, I don't think so, honey, today. Okay. We're going to choose a United States city. (laughs) Okay. It doesn't have to be one of the two that, and you've traveled a lot. Doing doing stand only up. really just this year though like I uh, but, give a but you've seen yeah. but you've seen yeah you've I've seen, seen the, the country, country. <laughs> um <laughs> and we're all gonna choose a United States city honey okay, okay. and we're gonna come for it and we're gonna let it know and everyone there know mm. I I came today wanting to I don't think so honey Milianopolis but maybe that's too heavy so it's yeah, way I, too on the nose you need to know better okay. <laughs> I don't think so, honey. You. I don't think so. We're honey, all on the same honey. page about Milo Yana Napalada. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So p- also, I'm sorry. Are we supposed to think that he's hot? No. I think people do think he's hot. That's but crazy. I don't Fuck those people. Um, he looks like a like a fucking Madame Tussaud. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. <laughs> he really does Madame look Tussaud like, a, like a, a Madame Tussaud that's like half melted. That's half like melted. He yeah. looks like the Justin Timberlake Madame Tussaud got left out in the the hot. Kate Gosselin Madame yeah. Tussaud. He let's looks be fair. like the Kate Gosselin. That's just Madame how white Tussauds. people age. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they wrinkle. They have Poor dry skin. Me. Hold on. Let me make, let me make myself a victim right now. Like so mm. many white people are lately. Yeah. Um, Bowen thank and I. You. Bowen and I had, had an interaction with a f- true fucking idiot. <laughs> 
Um, oh and, man, oh, I almost just fine. I almost just revealed too much about him. But like anyway, like basically. What was it about? Even? It was about you took a screenshot of the of the alert for uh, the Chelsea oh. bomber. Oh, it was the Chelsea I saw bomber. This the Chelsea bomber. We were up. I I made a point of saying that it was bullshit that they just sent out like a Middle Eastern. Matt's name. scolding you for going too heavy, by the way. And now we're talking about no, the Chelsea bomber. Oh sure, sure, <laughs> sure. But let's let's just talk about this because this is fun. This is this is so just basically right for yeah. That New York City fucking blasted it out to all of us on our just phones. the name. Just a name, name and said see media for photo and it was like you blessed out the name like Ahmad something like we all like you know the masses are going to think what they're going to think are they going to go actually go to the media and look for the picture I doubt anyone did it was just going to stoke racism and everyone it was such bullshit and so this fellow also like if they had honestly they caught him minutes later like you know what I mean they obviously could and did do this themselves yeah. anyway so this guy so this guy um was like well, they were just trying to catch the guy. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, he was playing devil's advocate in a way that's just like so gross. On the, on and the I was internet. just like, well, that's the police's job. The public isn't the police. And then Bowen chimed in. I chimed in and I was like, well, if you're just giving them a name and nothing else, then every brown guy in the tri-state area just doesn't would be a fool to leave the house. And like, that's awful. And he responds, erm, okay. And, and I'm just like, shut up. And then about 18 hours later, he finally chimes back in and goes, well, what, did, what would you have done? And I was like, um, or like, what were they supposed to do? And I was like, well, they should have had some kind of communications person like think think ahead on this and be like, well, maybe this isn't the best idea. Not a height. Not, not a height a light, or anything. Exactly. Not anything but a name. Exactly. Which is like so, like, like it, it's so yeah. funny. And so then this guy was like, well, well, you, you're not really offering up solutions. And then finally I just like lost my patience. And maybe this wasn't the best thing for me to say, but I was like, oh my God, shut up. So today he posted a status where he just got really sulky and was like, wow, I'm getting really exhausted and just downtrodden on how no one no one I'm arguing with is offering solutions and all they can do is tell you to shut up and it was like it's so oh hard to try to find God. solutions when the argument on the other side is always just shut up yeah, that's all my argument was and wow. it's like what did you say you were like oh wow like his fragile ego must make him feel so endangered yeah, like he must feel really just like stupid. subjugated by the man just so stupid like white people like you don't have to chime in on everything my 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 fucking favorite thing lately is white people straight white people announcing that they're listening <laughs> shut up <laughs> show don't I tell mean, so the stuff on social media is like what a performance i know and also like another thing that really gets me is it's like um just so you know i'm watching you and you haven't posted a hashtag black lives matter it's like Shut up. I think that, like, yeah, no, yeah. that is one of my actually biggest pet peeves right now is like people being like, if you're posting bits or you're posting this and it's like, I think social media is like 10 years old. Yeah. It's 10 years old. We are all still figuring it out. We are all still, fi and it's like so like individualized and personal the yeah, way yeah, we yeah. use social media. I personally am the the person who like posts after Orlando, like a big, long, like I, I am famous for posting big, long screeds on Facebook like that are very earnest. I read everyone. Oh, I do as well. So yeah. When I feel but like some it's people, so but some people just don't, people don't use Facebook that way and that's fine yeah. like and I think like 
I, I, it's just like so weird when we like, like expect people to use social media in the same way when it is like relatively so new yeah. Yeah. and none of us really have like, there is just no standard. I don't There's think. no tact. And on it. that's when you lose your personality and become someone that's just on social media. When you allow it to become so fucking real to yeah. you that you're like, I'm personally offended that you're not taking a stand on your social media and I am watching. And guess what? You know what? I believe you. Yeah. I believe that you are sitting on your Facebook waiting. We you have like to, a thousand oh. friends on Facebook. How can you be like paying attention Keeping to tabs everybody? on everybody? I know. Like, and not that that's the biggest problem in the world right no, now. Like, and I'm, but like, I'm just saying, like, it's frustrating yeah. when you make it feel like that. Like, just I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our I don't think so, honey. City edition. I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right, you have an I don't think so, honey. All right, so so, uh, for our listeners and maybe first-time listeners, I don't think so, honey, is the centerpiece of our show. It is um, 60 seconds to rail against something in culture. We have a very special locational edition. Um, (laughs) And Bowen Yang has his I don't think so, honey. I can see Joel Kim Booster thinking hard about this. I think I'm about to burn some bridges. I'm about to burn some bridges, honey. Well, I don't want anyone to come for me or my homeland. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, don't worry. And Bowen Yang, I don't think so, honey, starts now. I don't think so, honey. Austin, Texas. <gasps> oh, this wow. veneer of faux hipsterism is a farce, and I see right through you, bitch. Oh my god, I was walking down the streets of Austin, Texas in March, just this March, walking down this perfectly manicured '60s art or fucking Art Deco, whatever. It's hodgepodge of inspirations. Of it's just perfectly manicured, perfectly white. Uh, just everything is just so like. Uh, it's just the veneer is cracking, honey. Ugh. And listen, I was walking down the streets, and then this fucking white bearded dude with tats up his arm, like a tat sleeve, was on a typewriter typing up poems for a dollar. And I was like, honey, I've seen this. I saw this in Williamsburg in 2008. Yeah. I do not care for this. Ahead of you, bitch. I'm ahead of you. And look, mama, like, Torchy's Tacos. I, I went back to Denver, and there was a new fucking Torchy's Tacos, which is a taco chain in Austin, Texas. Great tacos, but like... It was just so obnoxiously garish on Broadway in Denver. And I was like, oh, no, like Austin's even like taken over this. And like, I don't think so, honey. Austin, Texas, you're fake. I see right through you. That's one minute. Well, that's one minute. That was Bone Yang taking down Austin, Texas. If I may add something about Austin, Texas. Yes, Austin, Texas, I have been to you once. Yes, Austin, Texas, I did have one or nine or 12 cocktails. Yes, Austin, Texas, I did get into a fight, an argument that almost got physical with a taco truck employee who stole $50 from me. Yes, when I come back, I will find you. Yes, when I come back, I will get my fifty dollars back. Yes, I here. did cry at the bar. That's huge, and had to be consoled by you my really friend Christy Shackelford in Austin. Oh Look, yeah, you lived a whole lifetime in Austin. Austin is the true Vegas. No offense to Christy Shackelford, because an Austin native, and I d- I do like Austin. For She's the most not part. an Austin native. She's from around. Oh she, no no no! She, she lived in um. She moved there after college. Yeah, I believe she grew up in Dallas or yes, outside of Dallas. That's true. But Austin, like, I don't know. I don't know, honey. I don't think I so. I don't know, honey. Huge I think fan of Christy Shackelford and her work on Four Nights in Orlando, by the way. Yes, or Two Nights in Miami. Why two don't you check Miami. out uh, Bowen and I's Four Nights in Orlando, Two Nights in Miami series to find out um, Christy Shackelford, the performer, what she's capable of. Because she plays <laughs> quite a villain like Emmy, in Two Nights in Miami. Emmy-worthy featured like guest role. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she think, yeah. is the guest actress... She deserved the Emmy. Yeah. We're building up a lot of anticipation for a short, 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 short. She short is Connie, She is. She is honestly the Connie Britton to your sister's Sarah yes. Paulson. In that, like, we only see Chrissy once in the series, <gasps> and we see Chelsea a lot. But I honestly prefer. 
prefers Chrissy. Connie Britton. Oh, Connie Britton. But I feel like she's the Gaga of the series where she's sort of the centerpiece of that series okay, for a little bit. Um, guys, we're building up a lot of anticipation for the next um, theme park fr- or city uh Soap opera or horror anthology, and we can confidently say that it will probably take place in. What is it going to be? Three months in Los Angeles. Three months in Los Angeles. Joel, it's you're g- you're going to be in one very soon. It's yeah. going to be just. It's going to be just an evening in Anaheim. Just an evening in Anaheim. Just, just, an, an, evening just an evening in Anaheim. in Anaheim. Maybe we'll also go to Valencia, darling, and Valencia, Six Flags Magic Mountain. All right, have a night out on the mountain, <laughs> as Joel said before. Um, I guess I'll go next. Okay, here we go. This is my, I don't think so, honey. Here we go, Bowen, bring me in. I don't think so, honey, Matt. I don't think so, honey, time starts now. I don't think so, Cincinnati, Ohio, oh. bitch. I was in you just last year, and there was nothing to do. Your Panera Bread closed at 8 o'clock. Your, your restaurants closed at 8 o'clock. I couldn't believe it. It was a Tuesday evening. It's as if you believe that people have dinner at 6.30 and then call it a fucking night. And also your hotels, horrible. And I had stayed in a brand new holiday. In and guess what? Nary a restaurant for me to order from. What am I supposed to do? Starve? You're starving for culture. I walk down the streets of Cincinnati. I see nothing but industrial buildings. I see nothing. Your baseball team sucks. The Reds. What a name is that? I had to leave the city and go 30 miles outside the city to go to Paramount Kings Island theme park to find any some entertainment. Let me tell you something, Cincinnati. I don't think so. You're never gonna get a theme song sung by Taylor Swift. You're gonna get nothing. Cincinnati, Ohio, you're boring, you're bland, you're not very grand. (laughs) That's one minute. Can I just say really quickly about Cincinnati? I agree. I also, before I moved to New York, I managed a call center in Cincinnati. Um, (laughs) Very long story. From remotely, so I worked for a company called Groupon, heard of it. Oh, I've heard of Groupon. And my last job at Groupon was I managed remotely from Chicago call centers in Cincinnati, Austin, or Cincinnati, uh, Virginia, and Austin. Wow, that's legit. Um, Yeah, it was uh, way too much responsibility for a 24-year-old man. And let me tell you, (laughs) when a 24-year-old gay Asian man walks into a call center in Cincinnati (laughs) and starts bossing around all the old white men that that, like run the call center there for the the day-to-day, they did not love it. And it was literally election night. It was when Mitt Romney lost, so tensions were already high. Oh, man. But Cincinnati, I will say this for them, they have a restaurant called Thanksgiving Every Day. Oh. It is literally what you think it is. It is a fast casual restaurant where you can get turkey stuffing uh like rolls all of the th- thanksgiving fixings and it's brilliant and it's open until three everything closed it. so early there though i know but this guy this place was opened by a college student oh that's brilliant yeah good for him i was he knew. the last yeah. time i was talking shit about cincinnati um was in at mod and our director at the time ben weedmarsh was like i'm from cincinnati and oh, I was like, ben. oh shit. ben's the nicest <laughs> sketch He's 201 teacher ben weedmarsh oh yeah i love oh. ben Shout he's ben. great he's very funny is that funny he fucking yeah. writes some some fuck. such some so you just thought you'd fuck him he's attractive i don't know I, ran into I don't know what I, I said. said that. I ran into him in Park Slope at a coffee shop, and we just had the loveliest conversation. He's a very nice person. I like him very much. Yes. I like him a lot. He, and he writes some funny-ass shit. He is very funny. I will say in our one-on-one at the end of 201, and I was in a hellacious 201 class oh, no. in the middle of the afternoon, and it was literally all 22-year-old boys from Long Island. Sorry. No problem. Um, and I they understand. Like, was, oh, it was just so bad. But like, uh, he was great. And I, in our one-on-one, he was like, I can I can tell that you're very very funny and good at this. I don't know if I always get 
what you do. Ben said that. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you wrote a sketch show about baseball and I liked it, but also same. Like, I, yeah, I know that you're a very fair. funny man. He directed. And maybe we don't, we just don't gel. Yeah. You know? like he directed the show where I played Ryan Murphy. Oh, God. I'm <laughs> and so the sure whole was sketch was me just turning, turning television shows gayer because that's how, that's how you make them good in Ryan Murphy's world. And I remember um, <laughs> just like I'd be doing the sketch and his notes would be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> Just be like, yeah, I don't know if we're like gonna change much about sure, this. Sure, sure. Um, but I love Ben. Um, and it w- oh, the sketch with Dom Manzalillo where he played Dookie Tits. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay, that's... no, look up Dom Manzalillo plays Dookie Tits. <laughs> Lang and Kingsley is in the video. Katie Ruth's in it for a little bit at the end. Alex Dixon's in it. Oh my god, it's so. Alex funny. Dixon's really funny. She's great. Okay, oh all my right. God, it's such a funny video. Joel, I don't think so, honey. All right, okay. this is Joel's. I don't oh, think so, I'm honey. New. Debut, and it it's an anxiety-inducing yeah. thing. Just, and this is say, your legacy. Just mm-hmm. say I don't think so, honey, as much yeah, as possible. I know. Yeah. Here we go. I don't think so, honey. Joel Kim Booster. Mm-hmm. Jolie, go now. I don't think so, honey. St. Louis. Nah, oh! St. Louis, Missouri, bitch. I see you. I see you so close to Chicago. You think your proximity and the fact that we share a river makes you as good as us? Don't even step. You are trash. And everyone <laughs> knows you are trash. What are you famous for? Fried ravioli? That's not a food. You can't just take another food and fry it and say it's your signature fucking dish. Oh! You gotta come with a good signature food bitch oh and your signature landmark an arch that you have to pay $24 to get into a rickety elevator to get to the fucking top of the arch I don't think so honey I can go to Chicago and get into a fucking glass floored yes Willis Willis Tower for way cheaper than that honey Mm. I don't think so your gay bar I went to it it's under a highway that's right for like especially good for all you fucking little goblin boys in in St. Louis because I don't think so honey your gay community sucks I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Joel Kimbooster is on record. I regret that. Saying St. Louis's gay community sucks. No, I regret that. No, he doesn't mean that. But everything else I I mean. Totally. Yes, Um, you can own everything else. I'm. I'm very happy with that. I don't think that so, was honey. Great. That was wonderful. And, and also, I learned a lot. What? How expensive to go to the top of the arch? You know, I just... Um, we got there, and it was just us and a bunch of fucking Amish people, and we turned right around as soon uh, as we found out it was 24 hours. Speaking of the word Willis, me, Zach Willis, <laughs> and Eric Gerson went to the top of the Freedom Tower oh. a few weeks ago, and it was so cool. It was yeah. stunning from the picture. Have you... Yeah, the pictures are one thing, but the experience is another thing because you... The elevator ride is like a ride in and of itself, and as you ascend, like, you can see, like, the creation of the city around you. Like, it, it's as if you start at, like, the year 1500, and then when you get to the top, you're at 2016, and it shows, like, the rise and fall of the buildings and, like, they're being... I hear created. that, yeah. It was very emotional. And then when you get to the top, like there's a movie and then the movie screen pulls up and there's the view of Manhattan and you're like, whoa. That's a cool experience. That's it cool. was. I was happy that, that I did it. I'm going to do that. Um, well, great. This is this has been a great episode. of. This of has been Lost a great Culture episode. We learned a lot about the, the musical theater past. Which is, a a lot gr- which is actually here. a great sort of like... Uh, like a narrative for 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 every person who's dabbled in musical. In theater fact, in high maybe school. next week we should do a whole episode about musical theater. Oh, Broadway! Mm. Broadway have, cast recordings. I think waitress. I, I can't get enough. I yes. think we have. We might have a guest in mind. I have a guest in mind. All right. Well, to be continued. Thanks so much to Joel for joining us. Thank we Joel Kim Booster. Um, I hate Joel Kim. That's your Twitter handle. Yeah. Great. 
Then Anything can, else? That's where plug? you can find them. Come on, Joel, um, plug. Yeah, plug a no. Show that's so going I'm on, on Comedy Central's third season of The Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail, which uh, premieres on September 28th, and I believe I'm on the first step. Oh, uh, but I'm not sure. But either way, you'll find me on that season, and I am wearing a crop top on TV. Absolutely, yes. you must. Yeah. And come see us at um, do perform at Lake Homo High. Uh, September 24th September Joel 24th. sadly will not be in the show You're not gonna be in it? No and there's a story off cam Or <laughs> off cam Off cam <laughs> Off mic We're always that. on cam yeah. Alright guys Good night See Good night uh, Wait last culture recess Hey listeners We love you We love you <sighs> Forever Dog This has been a Forever Dog production Executive produced by Joe Cilio Alex Ramsey And Brett Boehm for more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them and what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blue part? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.